I always enjoy bringing you the latest. This is The Scoop. It's The Scoop with Darren Dookie Wolfson from 5 Eyewitness News. And away we go. Happy Father's Day weekend, 1500 Faithful. This is the Scoop Podcast. We are here each and every Friday night in the 6 o'clock hour. This particular episode is episode 236. This podcast has been going strong for nearly three and a half years. I appreciate all the support. We'll get to conversations with Anthony Tolliver, Lindsey Whalen, and Riley Tufty. But let me begin with some Wolves notes from the Don't Kill the Messenger point of view. I had a Western Conference front office executive, a team that does have salary cap space, suggest that in his team's dialogue with the Wolves, A, the Wolves are trying to be aggressive. Gerson Rosas and company are taking a very aggressive approach trying to reshape the roster. He said Andrew Wiggins has been put on the table. He says Dario Saric has been put on the table. Now, I went back and forth with an Eastern Conference front office executive, a team that has salary cap space, much like this Western Conference team, and he told me that they have not had any dialogue with the Wolves, has not heard Andrew Wiggins' name bandied about, and he's also heard that Rosas is a big fan of Sarich's, also is a big fan of Robert Covington's. Now, do I see Wiggins being moved this summer? I would be very, very surprised, mostly because of the contract. There's also an internal belief that, hey, why not give Ryan Saunders at least a half a season? Let's see where we're at come the trade deadline in February. At that point, if it's not working, maybe you trade him for a bad contract. Maybe you pun on him at that moment. I still think you'd have to take back a bad contract, but I still think if you really wanted to move Andrew Wiggins, there are some fans of his in the league. You'd be taking back in theory, pennies on the dollar. You're not getting any sort of significant return for Wiggins. That's why There's enough talent there. He teases us enough. You think about Ryan Saunders' first game coaching, that win in Oklahoma City where Wiggins got to the free throw line darn near 20 times. He has it in him. He shows flashes of brilliance. I do think with that internal belief that let's see what Ryan Saunders can do with Andrew Wiggins with a full summer to work with him. He's been in town this week again. Andrew Wiggins is working out constantly at Mayo Clinic Square slash Target Center. Why not ride this thing out just a bit longer that this isn't the summer to punt on Wiggins. But still, I wanted to pass along some of the scuttlebutt across the league. Now, it is crazy rumor season, right? There's all sorts of stuff flying about. I'm just telling you, I would be very, very surprised if Wiggins goes anywhere. Tyus Jones is another name that is being thrown about. Now, he's a restricted free agent, so that right there complicates things a ton. But there is buzz that the Phoenix Suns remain interested in Tyus. They have a little bit of a new leadership look in the front office. They could just wait until July 1st because they have all sorts of cap space. But there has been some buzz that the Wolves have at least approached the Suns just asking, hey, what would it take for us to move from 11 to 6? Now, if the Wolves stay at 11, they are in the process of bringing a lot of prospects to town for workouts slash physicals. These are a list of names of first-round prospects, at least expected first-round prospects, that either have been to town or will be in town before next Thursday's draft. Yes, the draft is fast approaching. The countdown is on. We are less than a week from the NBA draft. Cody White of North Carolina. Sekou Domboya, he was in town earlier this week. He was in town for well over 24 hours. The Wolves have done their homework on Domboya. We had Jordan Taylor, the former Benilde St. Margaret star, Mr. Basketball, Minnesota former Wisconsin Badger. He was on Scoop Podcast episode 235. He knows all about Domboya. They were teammates on a team in France this past season. Their season just ended a few weeks ago. 
Jordan knows Dumboya better than anyone you could humanly think of. He is a huge fan. He compares Dumboya to Pascal Siakam of Toronto. He thinks Dumboya is going to be really, really good. Needs a lot of fine-tuning. Needs a lot of coaching, but he loves his potential. So Dumboya was in earlier this week. P.J. Washington of Kentucky was in earlier this week. Keldon Johnson of Kentucky in tomorrow. Tyler Hero of Kentucky is another name. Nikhil Alexander-Walker of Virginia Tech has been to town. Nasir Little of North Carolina is yet another first-round prospect that will either be here or has been to town. Remember, the Wolves don't announce draft workouts. Brandon Clark of Gonzaga, too. I don't know on Rui Hachimura. I've been asked a lot about that. There were the rumors weeks ago that the Wolves made Hachimura a draft promise. I was told, no, there was never a promise made, but the Wolves clearly have interest in Hachimura, and I wouldn't be shocked if Hachimura has either been to town or will be in town before next Thursday but my own reporting has not been able to confirm that quite yet. In regards to the Wolves' pick in the second round, pick 43 overall, Terrence Mann of Florida State is a sneaky good prospect, somebody I personally like. He's another draft prospect in town tomorrow. So tomorrow, a busy day of draft workouts for the Wolves. One other Wolves note before I get to my conversation with Anthony Tolliver, where we talk plenty of Wolves, although we start with some Creighton stuff. But anyway, the Wolves had that free agent minicamp going back, what, June 2nd, 3rd, 4th, or it was June 1st, 2nd, 3rd. Earlier this month, anyway, and I went through all the names, or many of the names that were here. Wade Baldwin, former first-round pick, might have been the headline name, but they had 15 to 20 to 25 free agents in for a minicamp earlier this month. Anyway, here were some of the coaches at that minicamp. Here's something I've not passed along on the podcast. Remember Aaron Brooks, former Wolves point guard? He is now transitioning to coaching. He was one of the coaches at the minicamp. Remember Will Conroy, Wolves guard? He was one of the coaches at the camp. Remember big man from Wisconsin, the University of Wisconsin, Greg Steamsma? He too was a coach at the Wolves free agent minicamp earlier this month. I'm telling you, the buzz around the league is Gerson Rosas is going to be very, very aggressive. The D'Angelo Russell steam is legit. Kyrie Irving hiring Rock Nation. Jay-Z's ties to Rock Nation. There are a lot of signs pointing to Kyrie Irving ending up with the Brooklyn Nets. It doesn't look like the Nets would keep Irving and Russell. I suppose they could coexist, but it doesn't make a ton of sense. So what will the Nets do with restricted free agent D'Angelo Russell? Make no mistake, the Wolves have interest in the All-Star. All right, let's now get to Anthony Tolliver. He is now back home. His home base is in Dallas. I would not be shocked if the Mavericks have some interest in Anthony Tolliver. Come next month, they had some trade interest. In fact, they made a trade offer for him in February that Scott Layden turned down. I don't know why he turned it down. Anyway, I caught up with Tolliver before he and his family hopped into their minivan, their SUV, and drove back to Dallas. Here he is on going into the Creighton University Hall of Fame in August. He just found that out. And we also talked to Wolves. My conversation with Anthony Tolliver. Anthony, I mean, all you've accomplished in your lengthy basketball career, but to be going into your university's Hall of Fame, about as good as it gets? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's a pretty cool honor. Um, you know, they you know, gave me a call and, and uh, you know, asked me if, if I would accept. I said, of course, you know. So, it's, um, you know, it's just a, a great honor. You know, you don't... You know, I don't play this game for you know the recognition of things like that, but um, to to get it, it, it it definitely means a lot. And to go in with Doug McDermott, does it mean that much more? 
I mean, Doug's my guy. Uh, it wouldn't, I don't care if I'm going in with Joe Blow. It doesn't matter. Uh, <laughs> uh, but, you know, Doug's a cool guy. He's a, gr- he's a great guy. Uh, Kyle and, and Altman went in last year. So um, it's cool to, you know, be in the, you know, presence of those guys. Those guys are, you know, incredible people and, um, you know, obviously had a huge impact at Creighton. Was there an element of surprise? I mean, you accomplished a good amount, but, like, I'm even just looking, and you're right. It's not all about just points, for example, but points-wise, what are you, like 41st or 42nd? I mean, you got over the 1,000-point barrier, right, but right. it's not like you're the all-time leading scorer yeah. or second or third. Mm-hmm. Like, So was there an element of surprise when they called, when the phone rang, and you're like, whoa, okay, you want me in the Hall of Fame? Yeah, I mean, you know, like I said, it's I don't do it for that stuff, uh, but at the same time, I, you know, I think that they, you know, it's not if they went off just numbers, you know, I probably wouldn't be, uh, you know, going into the Hall of Fame. But I think it was a combination of you know num- numbers, impact, and then obviously being able to, you know, go go past uh, Creighton and you know accomplish something that probably no one thought I was going to. So um, you know, just continuously uh, overachieving and doing things that you know that are unexpected. So um, that being the case, I think that they you know put all that into consideration and. You know, they're going to honor me, so that's cool. On those achievements post-Creighton, how the person you are today, the player you are today, how are you shaped now by your time, those those years you spent at Creighton? Um, very much of my style of play, um, you know, my tenacity, doing the little things, you know, diving on loose balls, taking charges, um, you know, those types of things are always, you know, you know, things that, you know, really, um, you know, that that's what defines me, you know, as a player that defines me, uh, you know, even to this day. So um, it's just a great, great situation, um, you know, like I said, uh, that I was in at Creighton and, um, you know, really, like I said, helped me to get where I am today. 11 years now in the NBA. What's the secret to playing 11 years? Uh, doing what I did this morning, uh, getting my body worked on. <laughs> uh, you know, it's uh, it's a lot of a lot of maintenance, a lot of work, a lot of things that you have to, um, you know, to do to to keep your body up and running. Um, uh, because you know, mentally, um, it's tough. You know, it's a lot of a lot of work, but physically, it's taxing. And so, uh, you know, for me, it's just always been about you know continuously uh, building my body up uh, so that during the season it, it can hold up. And, I mean, it is holding up. I mean, how much longer do you think you can play? Uh, well, I mean, my body keeps saying I can play, you know, so I'm going to listen to it, you know, whether it be, you know, two or three years or, you know, four or five years. I, I don't know, you know, you know, but the way my game is, you know, put together and predicated is not predicated upon athleticism, you know, so uh, I, don't, I don't need to go touch the top of the backboard to be effective um, as long as I can shoot and as long as I can defend. So, um, you know, so for me it's just about continuing to, to hone in on my craft, uh, get better and better at it, uh, become more and more elite at it. And um, as long as I can do that, then, you know, I plan on playing for, you know, as long as my body holds up. July 1st is in foreign territory to you. I mean, you'll be a free agent again. How much are you looking forward to July 1st? Looking forward to it. Um, you know, I'm, I'm always looking forward to it. It's always, uh, it's always a journey. It's always something that, uh, you know, going into it, you don't know what the result's going to be. And within, you know, from July 1st to, let's say, July 14th, um, you know, you could be going to a completely new city and uh, have completely new teammates and whatever, or you could end up going right back, right? You know, so it's, um, you never know, right? There's 30 opportunities um, within the NBA, 30 teams, and um, you just never know, you know, what how it's all going to shake out.
On the going right back to where you were, I mean, is there some hope that the Wolves have some interest? Yeah, I mean, I, they've you know they've shown interest. They've told me they have interest. Uh, you know, so it's it's a matter of you know everything lining up. Um, obviously, there's a lot of change right now. Uh, you know, uh, Ryan's staying, but you know, there's almost a new whole new coaching staff, new president of basketball operations. I mean, a lot of new stuff is going on, and um, you know, it's just a matter of as they build out their new culture or you know situation i mean does do i fit in you know if i do then you know they'll they'll go after me hard and if i don't then i won't you know <laughs> so it's just it's pretty simple and i i don't i don't ever want it to make you know make it about you know you know anything else right as long as it as long as it fits that's what that's what matters on Ryan, how happy are you for him? And clearly, your situation changed. I mean, for whatever reason it was, for lack of a better term, it was interesting under Tibbs. Mm -hmm. Then Ryan takes over, and a lot changed. Yeah, I mean, Ryan's my guy. Um, <clears throat> you know, we've actually been friends for a while. Uh, you know, so it was it was a little weird when he became my head coach. Uh, but at the end of the day, it was not weird from a professional standpoint, but it was just kind of weird, like, hey, he's my buddy. Now he's my head coach, right? So, But the, the great thing about that is, our communication stayed consistent, uh, and you know he didn't make it weird, uh, and so it was really easy. Um, and and so and plus he's a he's a great coach. He demands respect. He's somebody who um, you know, everybody respects at a high level, even though he is young. Um, so um, like I said, we'll see how it all shakes out. Um, and you know if, if I'm part of the plans, then great. Um, if not, then you know I had a, a great year here with a bunch of great people. On the demanding respect, and Ryan, I mean, are you even seeing that when you're over there? You know, you're over there this morning at 9, whatever, mm -hmm. and there's other guys over there. Mm -hmm. I mean, I heard the other day there were a bunch of guys in yoga and doing workouts. A lot of guys are in town right now. I mean, does that show that Ryan is demanding respect and he is changing the culture? Yeah, I mean, I was one of the ones doing yoga. It wasn't just yoga, though. It was, it was like death by yoga, I think it's called, <laughs> with weights and hot. It was hot death by yoga weights um no it was crazy but yes that's the type of stuff that i mean i've never been a part of the team where where there was guys in town at this point you know obviously you get ready for summer league but usually that's two or three weeks out before summer league uh but i mean these guys have been here you know several guys have been here for pretty much since after the season i've had a little bit of time off but um you know they're working um, and trying to get better. And I think that having a young, ener energetic coach infuses energy into your team. Um, and I think, that's, I think that's what's happening right now. How well have you gotten to know Gerson Rosas? Uh, I mean, I've, I've you know, rubbed shoulders with him a couple times in the past. Uh, and then since he's been here, you know, we have some mutual friends. And um, so we've, we've talked a couple times. But, uh, but yeah, man, I, I mean, I know that, you know, obviously he's coming from the Rockets culture. And you know they shoot a lot of threes. So, uh, <laughs> like I said, we like I said earlier, you know it's it's all about fit. It's all about you know hey the plans that they plan on doing, and you know do they want to you know they want to go all young and and really try and see what happens, kind of like Denver did, and it worked out for them, or do they want to you know keep some vets around and you know that can shoot, you know. So it's just a matter of like I said, how they plan, they put their plan together will kind of de determine you know how it looks for me. Are you watching the finals? If you are, what stands out? And do you ever think about what could have been? I know Toronto tried to trade for you before the deadline. I mean, heck, right now you could be playing in the finals. Yeah, I know. Uh, <laughs> I think about it. <laughs> I definitely watch. After the season's over, if, if my season's over, I become a fan uh, because that's where it all started. You know, I just love this game. I love everything about basketball. Um, so, you know, it's easy for me to be a fan. Um, now, I would rather be playing, obviously, but, um, but at the end of the day, 
um, you know, it, it all it helps everybody if we're all watching. But, um, but yeah, I mean, yeah, I definitely think about you know every once in a while the teams you know that try to trade for me, especially Toronto being in the championship now. Um, but hey, everything happens for a reason. I'm not too worried about it, and you know I'm here. That was my conversation with Wolves forward Anthony Tolliver. He'll be a free agent on July 1st. That was my conversation with Tolliver going back a few days. It was Toronto, it was Oklahoma City, and it was Dallas, who all made trade offers for Tolliver at the deadline, but Scott Layden said no to all three offers. I do know the Dallas offer would have kept the Wolves below the luxury tax. The other two, there would have been some luxury tax ramifications. So I understand to some extent saying no to Toronto, no to Oklahoma City, but I'm not quite sure why he didn't pull the trigger on the trade offer from Dallas. And I'm telling you, I would not be shocked if Dallas has free agent interest in Tolliver and he's got a new house down there, or at least that's where home base is. I'm just telling you, connecting some logical dots, even though Ryan Saunders I know is a fan of Tolliver's. I know Tolliver really, really likes Ryan and he really likes it here, so maybe there's a chance. But if I had to bet right now, a few weeks out, if I had to handicap it, I would bet that Tolliver lands elsewhere. When we come back here on the Scoop Podcast, we'll shift the topic to hockey. We'll catch up with former Wayne High School star, multi-time national champ at UMD, now property of the Dallas Stars, Riley Tufty. Stay with us. You're getting the scoop with Darren Doogie Wolfson from 5 Eyewitness News. Find the scoop on demand on scorenorth.com. We are back, hopefully by popular demand. The NHL draft begins one week from tonight. Jason Zucker's name is still being tossed about. There are a number of teams with trade interest in Zucker. Arizona, Buffalo, Calgary, Pittsburgh. Las Vegas is said to have kicked the tires on Zucker. It will be very interesting to see if general manager Paul Fenton will pull the trigger on a Zucker offer. He has tried to pull the trigger, came close at the deadline to a deal with Calgary, then thought he had a deal done with Pittsburgh for Phil Kessel, but Phil Kessel said no. He has no trade power. He said no at the time to a trade with Minnesota, but the word is that Kessel really wants to play somewhere warm, that if Pittsburgh is going to move him, he wants to go somewhere warm, but that maybe Minnesota at some point later, maybe it's later this spring or into the summer, maybe at some point they can convince Kessel to say yes to coming to Minnesota. But right now, it is true. Kessel is still standing by his no response, no, to being a member of the Minnesota Wild. All right, let's catch up with Riley Tufty. He was Mr. Hockey at Blaine High School. He went to UMD, lost in the national championship game his freshman year, then won national championships with the Bulldogs as a sophomore and junior. It was three years ago this month that he was a first-round pick of the Dallas Stars. He signed his professional contract recently. He is now a pro. He is a member of the Dallas Stars organization. He's been training in town with Ryan McDonough and with Nick Bukestead. He is incredibly close to Nick Bukestead with the Blaine High School connection. I caught up with Riley recently. Here's my conversation with Riley Tufty. Riley, let's circle back to I don't know, early to mid-April as you guys are gunning for yet another national championship. Take us through the process was it your advisor that was having talks with Dallas and just how everything unfolded? I mean, soon right after you guys win another national championship, you end up signing. But take us through that process. Yeah, I mean, uh, obviously the, the main focus was was winning the national championship and, and making that run again. But, um, you know, after that, it was, uh, there was there was talks about me signing and, 
Um, you know, I kind of had a, a good idea that I was going to sign. Uh, you know, I've had three good years at uh, University of Minnesota Duluth, so it was. Um, I think it was time for me, and uh, you know, we had to sit down with my family and my advisors. So um, we just felt like it was the right time for me to sign, and uh, that just a lot of stuff went into it. But uh, I just felt like it was the right time. When you say right time, I mean, was this always the idea? I mean, when you go in the first round in 2016, in many ways, was the idea I'll play three years at UMD, then thereafter I will sign. Yeah, I think uh, that was kind of the the idea. You know, after my sophomore year, um, you know, I had a chance to, chance to leave too. But um, you know, I just felt like it was right for me to come back for another year. And uh, we all just kind of kind of knew that after my third year, um, you know, I think it was going to be time for for me to sign. So um, you know, especially after winning back to back national championships like that and being in three national championship games, um, you know, I can't have uh, much of a better college career than that. So. Um, you know, I just feel like it was time, and um, you know, I made that decision. Was it a tough call, though? I mean, after your sophomore year, so Dallas does present you an offer or an opportunity after your sophomore year. You had yeah. just won a national championship, yeah. so was that hard to say no to them to come back for your junior year? Yeah, you know, there was there was a lot of talk. Um, you know, especially after after winning the national championship, my first my first year, um, there there was talk, and um, you know, it was a tough decision, but. Um, I kind of had it in the back of my mind that I wanted to come back for another year, so um, I felt like I obviously made the right decision and come back the next year and win it again. So, how good of an opportunity is being in the Dallas organization? You've been down there for different prospects camps. You know the organization well. How good of an opportunity is it for you? Yeah, it's awesome. Uh, you know, I've I've heard nothing but nothing but good things about uh, you know Dallas and even their AHL program. So, um, you know, it, it's gonna it's gonna be awesome. I'm very excited and. Um, you know, like I said, I've everything is good um, about that organization. Um, they're they're very friendly. Um, they make sure they do the right things with their prospects. You know, they stay in touch with me during the course of the year, and uh, you know, I think that's um, you know really something special. Um, you know, coming from a big program like that, so um, you know, it's awesome. I'm looking forward to getting started. When you say their AHL program, is that the idea? I mean, heck, you'll go to camp, right, and maybe have an opportunity to, to join the NHL team yeah. right away. But is is the thought process that you'll probably start in the AHL? Yeah, you know, you, you never know. Um, I think for me, the biggest, the, the big focus is having a big summer, um, you know, here training and, and working out. So, um, you know, obviously I'd like to, to crack that lineup just like anybody would, um, you know, coming in after they sign. So uh, my, my goal is to make the, the NHL team, but, um, you know, if not, I can, you know, work my way up from, from the AHL to the, to the NHL. So, um, you know, I think it's going to be a big process, but I'm looking forward to the, to the next challenge. Does the cliche hold true that time flies? I mean, does it seem like it was just not that long ago that, that you're winning Mr. Hockey, that you're at Blaine High School getting drafted? Yeah, I was actually just talking about that the other day. It's just, it's, it's crazy. You know, I just, like you said, I remember, you know, coming back my senior year for Blaine and having that decision. Now I'm having a decision. I was having a decision to, to sign or not. So it's, uh, it's pretty crazy, and time really does fly. It does. How do you recap? I mean, you touched on it. I mean, you play in three national championship games. You win two national championships. But how would you summarize your three years at UMD? Yeah, it's uh, it's pretty crazy. You know, not not only like the hockey and stuff, but the school school was awesome. It was great. Um, you know, all my there was always good guys in the team, and my, all my three years there was 
I loved everybody on the team. And I think uh, that's what made it so special is that we were all so close. And, um, you know, it's uh, it definitely don't have any regrets uh, making the right decision to go to Duluth. So, um, and, you know, it just kind of tops it off winning, winning two national championships like that. So it's, uh, it's, it's pretty special. How do you analyze your own numbers, your individual numbers? Some people will say, heck, he should have scored more. But yeah. is there a sense that there was so much talent, you guys won two national championships yeah. that, that you had to defer at times? Yeah, for sure. I mean, um, you know, it's, uh, yeah, it's, I think I, I think I put up good numbers in college and, um, you know, especially for being a big guy and, uh, you know, trying to, now trying to learn my role for, for the, the next level. I don't think I'm going to be necessarily the scorer or anything like that. So, um, you know, there's a lot of things that go into it and everybody looks at the scoring and, and all that stuff. And, um, you know, there's, there's a lot more stuff that goes into it and, you know, something, you know, the first thing on my mind was winning a national championship and winning two of them like that. I don't think anybody goes back and remembers numbers. So, And then on your role, I mean, what do you see your role at the next level? And is it almost unfair to pigeonhole yourself? And who's to say you're still young enough yeah. that, who knows, four or five years from now, maybe you're a top six forward yeah. scoring 25, 30 goals a year. But but initially, is the idea that maybe you're like on a checking line? Yeah, I mean, for sure. I think, uh, you know, you got to start off just kind of learning my role and kind of being that power forward that likes to be in front of the net and, um, you know, having more grit to my game. So, um, you know, I think once I once I learn that, that style of play and uh, all the pro-level goals, I think I'll be be a, uh, a good pro player. So, um, you know, I'm looking forward to it and uh, looking forward to the next chapter. We certainly have chronicled your relationship with Nick Bukestead, but how has that relationship even evolved to this day? I mean, somebody that you still see on a regular basis. Yeah, you know, I'm. Uh, it's funny you say that because I was just talking to him on the phone on the way here, and uh, I'm actually going over to his place after this. You know, we we hang out with each other a lot, and you know, we work out together, like I said, and um, so it, it's it's awesome. He has the same body type as me, and I'm trying to. You know, be kind of be the same player that he is now. So, um, you know, it's it's special to have someone like that to, to mentor, and um, you know, it's just amazing to have him around. Your dream of playing in the NHL is it that much closer now that you've signed that pro contract to, to becoming a reality? I mean, it's one thing when you get drafted, yeah. but it's still sort of in the in the distance, right? You're thinking yeah, eventually, but now that you are technically a professional. Is it hard not to drift a little bit ahead to think about what that what that first night will be that, that eventually it will happen that you play in an NHL game? Yeah, for sure. You know, it's uh, you know it's always something that you um, you know dreamt of as a little kid. So it's uh, it's uh, yeah. I mean, as you see right now, it's just putting a smile on my face even thinking about it. So um, you know, I can't. I can't wait for that for that day to come if it does, and uh, you know I think uh, you know just the hard work and everything like that goes into it, and you know I can't I can't set myself back. You know the work's only just begun now, so um, once you sign that contract, you know everybody thinks it's oh you made it you made it, but um, you know to me and a lot of others out there, it's just it's just the beginning. So um, you know I think uh, I need to push myself even harder this this summer, and uh, like I said, try to try to make that NHL lineup. How are things health-wise? I mean, any limitations? I mean, going way back to even when you were at Blaine, we mm -hmm. we documented some of your some of your health hurdles. But at this point, as you've turned into a man, you're no longer you know a teenager. I mean, yeah. I guess you are, but but you know, I mean, you're now a man. I mean, what? And you're even no, you're 21 now. So I mean, you're yep. even not a teenager. Yeah. Are are those health hurdles still something that that you deal with, or are those way in the in the past? Yeah, you know, absolutely. There's obviously you know, obviously being a type one diabetic, I have my my good days and bad days. But um, you know, having more good days now lately and uh, you know I think just really sticking on top of that and keeping your blood sugar level and um, it can go a long way even later in life too especially later in life so um, you know I think just managing that um, is, is gonna be is gonna be tough but um, 
it, it's it's a it's a struggle every day but um, you know I got to stick with that and that's the that's the fun of it just more challenges in life like that so um, but no I've been I've been really healthy lately and uh, nothing set me back when you look at yourself as a role model I mean that you can overcome type 1 diabetes that there are many kids yeah. girls boys that can look up to you that that are dealing with the same things that you're an example a shining example of hey you can accomplish your dreams yeah for sure and I you know I've, I've had a lot of people reach out to me and I and I love that too so it's um, you know it's awesome hearing those little kids and those parents come up to me and saying I'm a I'm a role model for them so it's uh, you know it's pretty amazing and special to me um, you know looking back as a little kid you know looking up to to some of those uh, older guys, even some of my teammates too. So um, you know, it, it's awesome. Um, you know, being a, being a role model. So it's uh, you know, I love a lot of people coming up to me and and asking me how I deal with it. So um, you know, any of you out there that ever have struggles with your with your kids, uh, don't don't be afraid to reach out. And then we talked briefly off camera, but just detail on camera, just what your next few weeks and months will look like heading into training camp. Yeah, you know, um, you got to go to development camp, uh, I think it's June 23rd, so obviously you're getting ready for that, um, you know, training every day. Um, so, I mean, um, you know, like I said, just training and, and trying to get ready for the development camp, and then I'll come back and then go out to rookie camp, then main camp, right from rookie camp. So it's going to be a big summer of training for me, and uh, I'm looking forward to it. If you look at the Dallas Stars NHL roster, and heck, I mean, do you even know their coach? I mean, he used to coach at Denver, right? So you guys would have played them in the in the national championship game three years ago. But I mean, did you follow their journey here? I mean, they heck, they could in some ways be playing still yeah. right now with a bounce here, a bounce there. But you know, Ben and those guys, do you follow them closely? Oh yeah, absolutely. And I was even out there for a week during playoffs, so um, you know, it was good to get that experience and. Um, you know, watch those guys and kind of how they deal with things. So, um, you know, it's it's unbelievable. I was watching them all through the playoffs all during the season. So, um, you know, not, not looking ahead of myself back at Duluth, but um, you know, obviously keeping a close eye on them. And um, yeah, I've I know Jim Montgomery, and uh, he seems like a great coach and a, and a great guy. So, um, you know, like I said, I'm looking forward to it. That was Dallas Stars prospect from Blaine High School and UMD. Riley Tufty, good guy. You think about the Dallas Stars, you think about what we saw on Wednesday night, right? Like that unbelievable run by the St. Louis Blues. Last in the division in January. They fire Mike Yo, former wild coach, back in November. Everybody had written them off, right? Rookie goalie. Then they make the playoffs. Then they go on this unbelievable run in the playoffs. They won more road games than home games. They had a losing record at home in the playoffs, yet on Wednesday night, we saw the St. Louis Blues for the first time ever hoist the Stanley Cup. Anything is possible, especially in the sport of hockey, but when thinking about the Wild, being in the same division as Dallas, as St. Louis, as at some point Chicago is going to rebound, Colorado has good young talent, Winnipeg isn't going anywhere. It is clearly the best division in hockey. Nashville as well. It is by far. I don't even think it's that close. Somebody else might argue that, but it seemingly isn't all that close that the Wilds play in the best division in hockey, yet the pressure is on Paul Fenton because Craig Leopold, ownership on down, Craig Leopold has told Paul, hey, this was a one-year blip. We are used to going to the playoffs. We plan on being a playoff team for the 2019-2020 season. So this will be a fascinating offseason for Paul Fenton and the Wilds front office. When we come back, we catch up with Lindsey Whalen. Stay with us. You're listening to The Scoop with Darren Doogie Wolfson from 5 Eyewitness News. Find The Scoop on demand on scorenorth.com.
It's final segment time here on the Scoop Podcast. I was out at TCO Performance Center earlier this week for Vikings minicamp. It is hard to glean too much when guys are not in pads. It's hard to formulate really strong opinions when guys are not in pads. So here's what I will pass along. The most concerning injury as we approach July, I forget the exact date, I believe July 24th or July 25th is when the Vikings report for training camp. The most concerning injury is David Morgan's knee. He missed some time in the regular season last year. It just hasn't gotten right. His limp was pretty pronounced when I saw him on Tuesday. So the hope is with four to five to six weeks of rehab here heading into late July that at some point David Morgan will be back to 100%. But that would be the one I would keep an eye on more than the others. Guys like Jeff Bidette, others that have been sitting out. Mike Hughes, obviously, he's not going to do anything even at the start of training camp. But that one has been known, right? He tore his ACL, underwent surgery mid-October. So we've known for a while that Mike Hughes was always a long shot to be ready to go at the start of training camp. Maybe closer to the start of the regular season or right after the start of the regular season. But I think of the ones we thought, hey, everybody else should be fine. Morgan is the one that is the biggest question mark right now. But guys like Jeff Badette, others that missed time during minicamp, I wouldn't worry so much about those guys. Briefly on the Twins, after they lost out on Craig Kimbrell, offered him a healthy two-year deal, but he got three years from the Cubs. The more I dig, the more I believe that even if the Twins had gone to a third year, Craig Kimbrell was going to the Cubs. Did it make any sense whatsoever for the Twins to offer Kimbrell a fourth year? Probably not. Could they have offered more than the per year that they offered on the two years? Maybe upped it way, way higher? I guess they could have. I guess you could have used that sort of logic. But a lot of signs just from talking to people in the industry pointed to Craig deciding there in those last few days that the Cubs, with the David Ross influence, some others influencing his decision, pitching in Chicago, Wrigley Field, the National League, that there was a lot of appeal to Chicago. The Twins tried. They recruited him. They recruited him pretty darn hard. They tried. They wanted Craig Kimbrell, but only at their price point. But I am not surprised whatsoever. And I'm just telling you, even if the Twins had offered three years, I still think the result that we see now is the result that would have happened. But make no mistake, it is coming. It's a matter of when, not if. The Twins will add at least one, if not multiple pitchers. They have payroll flexibility. They have prospects galore. Just give it some time. The baseball trade deadline is July 31st. All right, we wrap with my conversation from late last week with Lindsay Whalen. Right before her jersey went into the rafters at Target Center, her Lynx jersey. You think about all her accomplishments, right? Jim named after her at Hutchinson High School. She's up in the rafters at Williams Arena. She's now up in the rafters at Target Center. She's now coaching the Gopher women. Heck, a couple days ago, brought in a five-star recruit, this transfer from Syracuse. There's a lot of good with Lindsay Whalen, one of the all-time great Minnesota basketball players. Forget gender, just flat out one of the all-time great Minnesota basketball players. Anyway, here's my conversation with Lindsay right before her jersey went up into the rafters at Target Center. All right, Lindsay, with all the accolades, right, all the accomplishments, like we can sit here for an hour and list them all off. Like to me, having a gym named after you is the coolest thing ever, right? But to have your likeness, to have your jersey hanging in the rafters of Target Center, is that about as good as it gets? Yeah, it's pretty close. Um, growing up and being such a Timberwolves fan and, and watching those games and sitting in my basement and Hutch watching every game that I could of um, KG, even back like Pooh Richardson days, like the first, the first, uh, well, the first season was at Metrodome, but then once we got Target Center, it, uh, yeah, just watching the games and um, I was at 
you know, do you get to go to like maybe one or two games a year or whatnot, your school bring you in, all those things, getting to watch those guys. And yeah, so from going there to now being, you know, my jersey will hang there for forever. That's that's pretty cool. It's um, it's up there for sure. How many people will be at the ceremony? Uh, a family. Yeah, family, friends, just everybody. Yeah, oh, we have a pretty good big. We have a pretty. We have a lot of a lot of family, so a big group will be there. Um, you know, some of my siblings couldn't make it, just with work and things. A lot of you know, it's a busy time of year for everybody. So, but uh, they'll you know we'll, we'll get them the video and everything. It'll be great. But uh, my parents will be there and Ben and. And just uh, yeah, some really, you know, just some really close family and friends will be at the game and um, have a little something at the house after, and and we'll call it good. Wrap up the weekend. Your mom is pretty emotional. Will she need the box of Kleenex? She yeah, I don't know. I don't know for this one. I, we'll see. You know, I, I'm there, there's a video, so I'm sure it's going to be first class with, with like with everything they likes to do. So that I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. But. Um, I don't know. She's been like in her garden, in her yard, doing a lot of work, and been uh, a lot of other things going on too. So we'll see. We'll see tomorrow, kind of how how she uh, how she is during the day. We'll, we'll, we'll I'll know probably by about noon if the emotions are going to be running. Do you ever think about what could have been like if the trade here never happened? I mean, you still would have had an unbelievable career, but maybe it would have been in Connecticut. But just thinking about your connection to this state, all your accomplishments at Hutchinson, obviously with the Gophers, and then to cap it off with, with the championships here with the Lynx. Yeah, yeah. I, you know, it's just an opportunity that Glenn and, and Roger and Cheryl gave to me. And I worked hard, don't get me wrong. We all worked hard as a team. But uh, that opportunity, yeah, it wouldn't have none of this would have happened. And, and so um, I'm thankful for that opportunity. I'm thankful for, for getting to come back here and play at home. And, and I hope I provide that same opportunity for my players now as a coach because um, everybody needs a chance. Everybody needs an opportunity. Players, they have to work hard and put into it everything um, that they can to get out of it. And hopefully you're amongst a great group of, of teammates, which I have been. So it's, uh, but yeah, none of this would happen if it wasn't for, for those guys saying, yeah, because I mean, they traded Tina Charles. She's a, you know, Olympian and MVP and it's worked out, I think for everybody, but, but yeah, it's, um, it's been pretty cool. It's been, it's been fun to, uh, to be able to do all this back home. But certainly you deserve a ton of credit. I mean, there's an added pressure, right? When you come home and think about how much your name resonates here, right? Yeah. Luckily I had Simone. Uh, <laughs> and then Becky and then Maya and then coach and every, we all just did it together. It didn't, you know, I, I think maybe that first year it was kind of, and I wasn't playing well that for my first year back here, I wasn't playing well. So I wasn't playing at a high enough level and, and, and Cheryl kind of got me moved in the right direction for that. But, um, but yeah, I never really felt like it after that, just cause we, we just wanted to do it together and we, it's like, okay, if I don't have a shot, then Simone has a shot, or Maya, Becky. Then we brought Sill in a couple years later. So it, it never really felt like a ton of pressure just on me, just because I'm from here and um, played college here. It just, uh, it just once I got kind of here and into the team for a year or two, it was just, we were all just doing it together. And we all just wanted to have fun, play hard, work hard. And, but yeah, I mean, I, had to, I put the work in, no question. I mean, they gave me the opportunity, but then as a player, you have to go do it on the court. You you have to be in the weight room. You have to make good decisions nutritionally. You have to put the extra time in. You have to spend time in the training room. So um, I was given the opportunity, no question, but I, I worked hard for it for sure. Specifically on Cheryl, are you in this position without her? Oh, no, no. Um, you know, with uh, 
you know, that year she really changed kind of my career because she really focused on how she wanted me to practice and how she thought I could get better through practice and really setting myself daily goals within practice. And so, uh, and there was times when Cheryl pushed me when I probably didn't want to be pushed and I, I wanted to just kind of, I'm good or whatever. And she saw more in me than, you know, it's, you know, it's what you want from a coach and it's what I want to do for my players is you, you, you're supposed to see more than the player because you've got that, you know, wisdom. She's had that, that wisdom and whatnot. But, yeah, there's no question. I mean, um, you know, since I got back here in, in 2010, I won a championship every year until I retired. And so, um, you know, there's been one constant through all that, and, and that's been her. Is the thing you miss the most, I mean, forget all the on-the-court accomplishments. Yeah. Maybe just you know hanging out in the training room, right? Just the camaraderie. No question. You hit it right in the head. It's, it's the training room. It's the the bus rides. It's um, on the road with your teammates after after a hard fought game. Um, yeah, that's what that's what you miss as a player. Thankfully, I still get to do that with my coaching staff and whatnot with the Gopher. Like that would be really hard to just quit that cold turkey. But um, yeah, those are the parts you really miss because that's where you spend most of your time. I mean, because you put. You know the games, the game. You know it's it's quick and 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 whatnot, and the practices are quick. But the amount of prep time to get to practice, the amount of recovery time it takes, that's where you're spending a lot of your time. And so, those are the things I miss. The um, just like the locker room stuff. It's you know just uh, getting ready for a game and all that's uh, the best part, no question. One last quickie. Okay, so tomorrow's like a big time whirlwind, right? Will you go to a game? I don't know what the schedule is, top of my head, but next week, maybe before July, recruiting kicks in. Just maybe just sit in the stands and just look up and just gaze at, at your jersey being up there. No question. Yeah, I think we play, We have a home game next week, right? I got season tickets, so um, I'll be there as much as I can. Like you said, probably before July recruiting hits, that's going to be a whole another. I haven't done that yet because I played last year. So that's kind of my last little initiation of really head coaching is that July recruiting. So. But before that, I'm gonna come to every game that I can that I that I you know don't have a conflict or whatnot. But um, I'm sure I'll look up there uh, once or twice. But um, I gotta focus on the game. You know, I'm a season ticket holder now, so I gotta support the team in any way I can. Love talking to Lindsey Whalen. It is a weird vibe with the Lynx, right? They lose a second consecutive game. They lost Wednesday in New York. It's just weird, right? I mean, I know Sylvia Fowles is out there playing, but no Lindsey, no Maya Moore. No Rebecca Brunson, no Simone Augustus. Eventually, Augustus will play this year, but she's still out multiple weeks after undergoing knee surgery. Lindsey Whalen, Gopher said coach, her number 13 hanging in the rafters at Target Center. The Lynx retired her number last weekend. We are done speaking of retiring. We will retire this episode of the Scoop Podcast right now. This has been Scoop Podcast episode 236. Have a great weekend, everyone. Happy Father's Day. To be your best every day, You need proven quality sleep every night. Science proves your best sleep is vital to your mental, emotional, and physical health. And that's where the sleep number bed comes in. And let me tell you, ever since I've had it, my sleep IQ score is just going higher and higher. And did you know 8 out of 10 couples say that one of them sleeps too hot or too cold? Science tells us regulating your sleep temperature leads to higher quality sleep. For many couples... Temperature struggles are a real challenge. So here are some tips to help you both sleep just right. Look for beds designed with temperature benefits such as the new Sleep Number Climate 360 Smart Bed that actively warms and cools each side so you both sleep blissfully comfortable. And now save 40% on the Sleep Number 360 Special Edition Smart Bed. 
plus special financing for a limited time. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com slash podcast one. Sleep Number, the official sleep and wellness partner of the National Football League. Subject to credit approval, minimum monthly payments required. See sleepnumber.com for details.